Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Ready for this. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast with New York Sports Talk and Long Suffering Fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. We are getting ready for the end of the baseball season. It's going to be a two-episode week because I didn't want to wait to get you the baseball talk here because the Yankees have a big series starting tomorrow against the Toronto Blue Jays. It could determine their postseason fate. It's joined by Anthony Sorlini from the baseball beat. We're going to talk some bank baseball. Most of the Yankees will catch up on some stuff from around the league. We're also going to do the two-minute drill at the end of the show and NBA training camp starting up soon. There is some vaccine stuff to talk about here with some key players, the Nets and the Warriors. Stuff to watch here as we're getting ready for the NBA season. Come back about a month. That's coming up as well. But we'll get it all started with our opening tip, where I will give you the landscape here in Major League Baseball and figure out where we are as we have a week left in the regular season right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. Opening tip here, getting ready for the last week of the Major League Baseball regular season. And no surprise, the Mets are eliminated. They got officially wiped out over the weekend when the Phillies beat the Pirates out before they even took the field in Milwaukee. Not that matter, the Mets lost anyway. They are playing out the string. The only thing you have to watch this week is to see what Noah Syndergaard, if he pitches this week, looks like a big league mound, or if Jacob DeBron pitches. I think the former makes sense. Because Noah Snickers not pitched on a big league mound in two years, going back to the end of 2019. Getting him an outing or two just to get that rust off and say, hey, I've made it back to the bigs. That could be helpful for him. Because I'm assuming he's going to be back next season, whether it's the qualifying offer or some sort of negotiated contract. I think that's a likelihood. Jacob DeGrom makes no sense to me. They're out of this. There is literally no reason to be trying to get him on the mound. You want to, you know, keep stretching him out. Maybe he pitches like an inning in Syracuse. That's fine. Like, I don't think you're racing to get Jacob DeGrom back here. I think that makes no sense for him to pitch a meaningless game in Atlanta over the weekend. I feel like you're putting way more harm than good into the university to do that. And the Mets, I want to put one for, like final note out here, just how disappointing this season was, considering where they were. And remember, this is a team that spent 90 days in first place. This team was 72-72, and 72, three games out of the second wild card just two weeks ago. Since then, they have lost... I want to say this number is absurd. They have won one game and they've lost 10. They are one in 10 for a team that was in the hunt. That's absurd. And that's really bad. And to put it this way, the Mets were 37 and 57 after their high water mark of the season on June 16th. They have played 20 games below 500 in the last two months of the season. Last couple months of the season. That's really, really bad. That tells you you cannot run it back. These are major changes here. And I will also point to that Pirate game. The Pirate game. At the end of the first half, when they hit the bullpen day, there were 5 nothing. They collapsed. They lost 6-5. 
Since then, they are 25-43 in our credit rate. Michael Barron on Twitter, Michael G. Barron, he pointed this out. They were 48-39 under the day that day. Led the NL East at four and a half games. Blew a final thing lead to Pittsburgh, lost 6-5. Including that game, they're 25-43 since, dropping 14 and a half games in the NL East stands on that span. And this is pretty hard to do in a mediocre division because this is a division that either the Braves or the Phillies can win about 84 wins, 85 wins. If the Mets had just played 500 ball the rest of the way, they would have won that division running away. Really a shame that they wasted this. One thing that did not waste their opportunity this week, the Yankees. And there was concern last weekend after they had the rough stretch with the Mets, with the Orioles dropping that last game, dropping two or three of the Indians. All they've done since rip off six straight wins. And they have seized control of that top wild card spot after sweeping the Red Sox in Boston over the weekend. And that was a massive game for the Yankees because they have the toughest schedule of the wild card teams this week. And getting that cushion, at least even the one game, is a big help. And this weekend, I think for me, the big thing was the emergence of John Carl Stanton for the Yankees as a true Yankee hero. I mean, he dominated the Red Sox in that series. Three homers, 10 RBIs in the sweep. And all those home runs came in big spots. The big grand slam on Saturday to put them in front of the trailing 2-1. You had the two-run homer after the Yankees rallied in the eighth inning last night. And those were moonshots. And the Yankee fan, I think, finally started to accept John Carl Stanton as one of their own. Took him a couple of years, but I feel like he's finally earned his pinstripes. I know that cliche is stupid, but it is what it is. And they are sitting there. They're up three games. Up uh, two games on Toronto, excuse me. And that's where they are this week. They go to Toronto for three games, and Toronto has had their number this year. The Yankees' September issues really started when they got swept by the Blue Jays four games in Yankee Stadium. The pitching matchups in this series are very interesting as well. You start out tomorrow night, first game of the series here. You got Jason Tyon back from the injury list against Hyung Jin Ru, who has given the Yankees issues all year long. That's a tough spot for Tyon, who has not pitched in a big league setting in a while. So, see how he does. The big matchup Wednesday, Garrett Cole, Jose Barrios. Big trade deadline acquisition for the Blue Jays. Garrett Cole, Yankee ACA, a solid effort against the Red Sox on Sat Friday night. On turn, then Friday, Thursday, the finale here. Corey Kluber against Robbie Ray, who right now might be the AL front, Cy Young frontrunner. Those are three very interesting matchups. be fascinating to see here what happens with them. And the Yankees here, they have that. You have Tampa coming up over the weekend. Tampa already has the AL East locked up. They're Right now, they're trying to hold off Houston for home field throughout the American League playoffs. You wonder... If Tampa gets that home field sewed up before they get to the Bronx, how much of an effort are they giving in this series? Because you know they've done well against the Yankees all year long. Would they want to knock the Yankees out? Are they going to try and just keep the deck tear shuffle, make sure they get docked over intact? We'll see. The wild card picture in the American League is probably the most interesting thing going on right now in terms of the standings. Because you look at the American League wild card picture, the Yankees are up a game for the top spot. And Boss has a second. They are one up on Toronto, the Blue Jays. The Red Sox are two up on Seattle and three up on Oakland. Everyone else is done. Seattle and Oakland play this week in a three-game series. That's basically a knockout series. Whoever loses that series is going to be out. If one sweeps the other, that could be very interesting. Seattle, after that, plays the Angels to end the season. That's one series you think they'll, they'll do well in. The A's end the season 
against the Astros. Again, depends on the Astros are playing for here because if Houston has everything wrapped up, maybe they rest things up, but they have to basically win out to do this. Yankees, we talked about earlier, Toronto, Tampa. We'll see if what Tampa shows up. Toronto Yankees here, they really determine the course this week. Boston has the Nationals and the Orioles, so they should get there. If they don't find a way to win at least four or five games against these those two awful teams, something is wrong with the Red Sox. I think the end of the week, I think whoever wins that Yankee-Toronto series end up going to the playoffs because Toronto ends with the Orioles. And the Orioles are not really trying here. I think the Yankees have to win this series. I think they have to win at least one of the Tampa series. If you give that, you should get in. The key is not to let Toronto pass them. Because if Toronto passes you, you're going to have to do some work as the Rays, and that's not going to be easy to do. So you win a, at least a game in Toronto. They can't pass you. You win two, you pick up a game, and that's massive. Because then you're up three with three, you're up three, three to go, and you basically lock it up. You win this series, barring something fluky like Seattle winning out this week, you're going to the playoffs. That's just a fact, in my opinion. I think three will, the math basically says three gets it done. Assuming Seattle doesn't run the table. Four, you're in no matter what. Doesn't know yet if the game will be at Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park. I think you're looking at Yankees, Red Sox, or Blue Jays, Red Sox. I think whoever wins this series is going to end up getting into the postseason. The American League, the rest of the playoff picture is pretty much set. We said Tampa's won the East. They're going to wait the wild card winner right now, assuming they close out this home field scenario here. The Astros are won the West. The White Sox won the Central. They're going to face off in the first round. That is an interesting series. We'll see how it was there. Talk more about that next week. The National League picks pretty much set. The Dodgers and Giants are fighting for the West right now. They're both in the playoffs. They both have dominated the regular season. They're both at 100 wins. The Giants are at 102 right now. The, Giant, the Dodgers are at 100. Giants are up two games with, with uh, six to go. And if the whoever wins that game wins the division, top seed. Losers in the one-game playoff against the Cardinals because the Cardinals, they pull off their usual Cardinal devil magic. This team, when they came to New York, was 73-69, three games out in the second wild card. They won two games in a row. They have not lost since. They have won 16 straight games, which is absurd. They are nuclear hot. They got that final wild card. They passed the Reds. They passed the Padres, who flamed out almost as bad as the Mets have. They are in. They are going to be clinching that thing in a matter of days. They are up six on the Reds with six to go, so one win should get the job done for them. That's one thing set, mission accomplished there. They are going to play the lose of the NL West. And in one game playoff, you never know what happens. Fascinating to see. I'm sure whoever wins that division is going to be rooting hard for the Cardinals. I mean, they don't have to deal with the other one in the five-game divisional series. That's interesting for sure. And at least Phillies and Braves. Braves are up three in the lost column with on the Phillies. They have a big three-game series in Atlanta this week. Whoever wins that series is in a good position to win the division. And also remember with the Braves, they had the Mets coming in this weekend. The Mets are cooked beyond belief. I don't think the Mets show up for this series. That's my personal belief. They also have the Phillies who have the Marlins this weekend. The Marlins made a little feistier. You look at the one thing that could linger the East here is that the Braves have a game against the Rockies that they hadn't rained out. 
they only have to make that up if the Phillies are within a, a half a game at the end of the regular season. So the Phillies win this series, you might have to see that game made up between the Braves and the Pirates and the Rockies on Monday the 4th. That's worth to keep an eye on. Where was that division goes to Milwaukee, takes on the Brewers. Mets saw the Brewers this weekend. They're a very good team. They're a very dangerous team because they can pitch and they get timely hitting. I think the Brewers get big threat to come out of the NL. A lot of stuff, though, has been sort of sewn up already. This is not going to be a mad scramble down the stretch we've seen in recent years. 2020 accepted was obviously at the eight teams in the playoffs, which of course kept a lot of teams alive, but the AL wild card, the NL West, those are really the things you're watching this week. The NL East a little bit. Although there's a chance the Braves have this thing sewn up about how the Mets come to town this weekend. That's all in the air. We'll get more on that coming up, but we'll dive into the baseball beat with Anthony Sorbellini right after this. Baseball beat. Play ball. All right, we are back here on the baseball beat, talking baseball here. Will Snyder too distraught about this Mets loss, so he cannot join us today. So joining me, the Yankee half of baseball beat, the much happier Anthony Sarbellini. Anthony, how are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Pretty good. I have to say. My season's been cooked for a while. The Yankee one, I swear, has been such a roller coaster this year. It's literally absurd. You know, I was, uh, I kept talking to myself and, you know, the those in my house and everything like that. Like, I kept having echoes of our uh, of our last uh, baseball beat when, you know, we were like, the Yankees are going to be one of those teams to where they're going to go, you know, they're going to do really well and they're going to, you're going to hate it. And you, you saw that with the, uh, with the 13 game win streak, he was like, Oh, there's a chance. And then right after that 13 game win streak, I think they were three and seven in their last 10 or something abysmal like that, that basically wiped away everything yeah. they just did. And, but, but uh, yeah, uh, a roller coaster is definitely the, the, the lightest way to put it. <laughs> At least now you're going up on the roller coaster though. Again, that's helpful. Yeah. You know, hopefully that was a, that's a, Big, big, big sweep, you know, coming out of Boston, but uh, and then headed to Toronto. Or are they home? I can't remember. Yeah, they're going to, Tor- to Toronto. They're going to Toronto. Okay, so yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I hate to say it. Um, with this team especially, it's kind of been a story of the week. You know, it's kind of what team's going to show up this week, what guys are going to show up this week. It's never been really too consistent, um, like we echoed the last baseball beat and also what these, you know, 13 game win streaks or just little game win streaks that they put together or winning series. It's sometimes they'll, you know, put up seven, eight, nine, ten 10 runs. And then other times they can't hit a ball off a tee. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Yeah. I think this Red Sox series is obviously massive for them. And I think the thing I took away from, I don't know if you agree with me, is that this was the series that finally, and I, I hate the cliche, Giancarlo got his pinstripes. He had three homers, 10 RBIs, and all those homers were in big spots. Not like he was just tacking on when they were up a big. I mean, he had the Grand Slam Saturday, the two-run homer Sunday when they were building the eighth-inning rally. I mean, John Carlo murdered the Red Sox series. Yeah, you know, that's you know that's kind of what, you know, everybody was thinking when they brought him in. It's just to have him finally be consistent in those spots to where it's not just, oh, a series here, a series there, to where he does it an entire series, especially a team that they – 
most likely could be playing in that wild card game, depending on this Toronto series coming up. So to see him, you know, seeing the ball well at Fenway, everything like that, um, it's a it's a good sign. Um, yeah, especially him with that one-two punch with Judge, and then just at, just everybody else in that lineup. I mean, we I know we definitely talked about it on the the preseason baseball beat that you know this team could beat you up pretty much anywhere when they're hot and healthy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people don't really understand understand how much Stan has done this year. I feel like he always gets like bad. Like whenever the team's going to be like, oh, like Stan sucks. We can't have Stan. His contract's ruining this. But sitting two seventy seven, you're thirty four homers and ninety three RBIs. Yeah, that everything with Aaron Judge is done, what Garrett Cole is done. There are times you sit there, you look at this, and I'm like, how is this team like fighting for its playoff wise? Those three giving you dominant performances like that. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't really want to say this team has been under the radar because it's, it is the Yankees, you know, there's always under a constant microscope, but you know, those three guys you alluded to are kind of having under the radar type seasons and that's not diminishing, you know, the rest of the team for a sense, but judges put up, you know, I heard some people saying like MVP type numbers, but I wouldn't go that far, but judges having a fantastic season, you know, Stanton's kind of had, uh, I mean, with Stanton, you're going to get the strikeouts, right? So you kind of have to take that with what with what you will, but to seeing, you know, he's hitting with with, uh, 30 plus home runs, you know, 90 plus RBI, you know, he's doing what you brought him in to do. And Garrett Cole, Yes, he's had his little rough stretches here and there, but, you know, that's definitely a couple things to keep notice on. But other than that, you know, and also, too, with injuries and everything with COVID and all that, guys have been coming in, slotting in, right, uh, good and everything. It's just the biggest thing is they're not consistent. Yeah, I also think Aaron Judge is a major tough guy for us, having a, for dislocating a pinky slide and having it pop right back in and staying for the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> Judge is literally the consummate, you know, Jeter-esque, you know, he's not gonna he'll do whatever he can. Yeah. I think this series is massive them because now they go to Toronto up a game in the stage. They're like winning the series at the rest of the good enough because you would say, okay, made the ground up, but now they are in that first wildcard spot. They have a one game cushion. Boston has a very easy week this week against Baltimore and Washington. This mm-hmm. Toronto series is massive for the Yankees, and they're up two games. So and honestly, winning one is just is very important here, but if they can win this year, I think they're pretty much a mortal lot to go to the playoffs. I don't think Seattle is going undefeated this week. No, Seattle is definitely, I think, you know, they're out of that. They're out of that picture. There was a chance, you know, before everything happened, but Seattle kind of uh, kind of dipped down quite a bit. But this Blue Jays series, the, I, regardless if the Yankees make the wild card, which I'm optimistic they will, I think the their season is going to be made is basically made through, you know, this Toronto series. Um, so much can happen in a one card wild card, one game wild card, but if you have to get in it first. So to see, you know, everything that they've gone through and to still be in that position, especially because a lot of people or some people definitely picked blue the Toronto to be up there in the in the in the AL East, may possibly to even win it. But it's just going to be a, a very difficult series. I think they'll they'll definitely get one. But as key as it is, they need to they need to win that series. Yeah, and you look at the pitching matches up at the top of the show here. I mean, Toronto has the three guys on in there you want if you're a Toronto fan. You got Young Jin Ru tomorrow. You got Jose Barrios against Cole on Wednesday, and then you have 
or Robbie Ray, your AL Cy Young frontrunner on Thursday. And the Yankees have Cole in there, yes. And then Kluber, who's been up and down in terms of durability. And Jason Tyone coming off the injured list to pitch in that series. So I get having Cortez and Monty in Boston was helpful. But the Yankees clearly have the are not at the pitching edge in the series right now. No, and that's kind of been their their MO pretty much all season. They really didn't have the pitching. You knew the thing that was going to carry this team is the offense. And if this team is producing just like they did in Boston, they're going to easily average five-plus runs a game. So if they can just get that key hitting, that timely hitting, I think they'll be well off. They can just If they can just get a solid, I would say, five to six of – one run, maybe two run, two run starts from their starting pitchers, excluding Cole, because you know Cole can pretty much go the distance at any given time. But the big thing is they got to get that offense up and rolling. And you know, coming out of coming out of Boston, headed to Toronto, that was kind of a a great exclamation point to you know build momentum for this series. Yeah, in terms of Toronto's offense too, like you're not winning these games scoring like five runs against the Blue Jays because they just can match the baseball guards of who's in there. So I think those these games will be high scoring. Yeah, I would I wouldn't be surprised, especially if that that first game tonight, if it wasn't like a like a eight six something victory like yeah. that or something around those lines. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the Toronto series is important, but obviously people also I kind of forget about this one. But Tampa's coming in here over the last week of the season to finish out their regular season. Tampa, we know at that point, they should have home field American League wrapped up here. I mean, they're up of like five games on Houston as of the beginning of the week and take a couple wins, a couple losses from the Astros, make that happen. But at the same time here, like, do you think Tampa's going to try and get themselves up for this series, try and knock the Yankees out? I think they're more concerned about, hey, you know, we get the wild card in a week. Let's make sure everybody's healthy when we get there and not like burn our pitchers out, stuff like that. I don't know. It depends, especially because regardless of, you know, knocking the Yankees out and everything too. Just home field advantage is such a big factor that I don't think a lot of people really take into too much account. Um, It's definitely going to help, you know, if you're going into a series, you're going to be in home field advantage. But then, of course, it all depends on how much rest, everything you want to get your guys, you know, how healthy everybody is heading, uh, heading into the end of this week. And then heading into playoff play, so it's going to be very interesting, especially because they'll want to, you know, they'll most likely want to knock out the Yankees and play spoiler or something like that. But I think above all, they're going to make sure their guys are healthy because they've already clinched the ALEs. They're going to make sure you know, hey, we can make a deep playoff run again, just like last year. Yeah, and right now, I mean, going into the week, the Yankees' playoffs are about eighty-one percent, which makes sense because like they're up, they have. Three home mm-hmm. games against a team that may not be playing for much. They have a decent shot against Toronto here, and they control their own fate. So I'm assuming here, let's play the math game here. Let's say they get in. Like, would you rather deal with the Red Sox? Would you rather deal with Toronto? Like, which one would you rather see? That's a really tough question. I've been thinking about this ever since you sent me the rundown because I really don't know. It's almost like a coin flip. I, I guess at this point in time, I would say the Red Sox just coming since they're coming off of a sweep just simply how they played, um, especially because the Blue Jays, they could all of a sudden just just start smacking home runs left and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden you can be looking at, you know, three-run deficit, four-run deficit. The Red Sox, in a sense, they do have those power guys, but not like the not like Toronto. I think the, the Red Sox are more of a small ball type team this season. And those home runs, you know, kind of been the Yankee killer. 
Yeah, Toronto would scare the living daylight time because their lineup, you mentioned, it's so deep. And like they mm-hmm. have all these guys having monster years. Like Marcus Semyon, Vlad Jr., I think should be the AL MVP. You have like Bo Bichette. Like the list goes on and on and on. They have so many guys who can murder you. And I mean, Teoscar Hernandez, like they, they have so many deep guys and they beat, give the Yankees fits all year long, whereas the Yankees need to have gotten the Red Sox number of late. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's just, you know, the Yankees are coming off 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 a big sweep off of Red Sox. So, you know, granted, yes, they play each other, what, 19 times a season yep. or something like that, you know, so they're used to them. But also just having to see them, you know, a week ago, because what, the wild card game will be played next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah, so it will basically be, you know, a little over a week. So they'll have pretty much everything fresh right in their minds. Yeah, also, Andre, a factor for the Yankees here, if you do get in, you need to make sure you have things wrapped up for Sunday because you do not want to have to be burning Garrett Cole on short rest to make sure you get into the wild card game. That would be a big problem. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a complete wash because for whatever, some reason, you know, call it the clutch gene, call it whatever you want to call, but when those guys, you know, they play in that one-game wild card, right, or, you know, big game, some guys tend to step up a lot more than others. Um, but it would definitely be nice to have Cole on the mound for that one game playoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you're looking at it like obviously if you're in a spot in one sixty where you have to win, you pitch it. I mean get get yourself in there and worry about it later. But like the idea of potentially dealing with like Toronto with either Nestor Cortez or Jordan Montgomery as your starter is very scary. Yeah. It's just I mean, that's what you got Cole for. Yeah. That's why you went out and spend the money. So but we'll see how things play out and you know, hopefully we don't uh the Yankee fans like myself, we don't have to. Uh, we don't have to see that moving forward. Yeah. Also, I mean, I talk at the top of the show. I feel like the apart from the AL wild card race, there's not a lot going on because this last week of the regular season. It really has like me interested here. It's like, is there anything that you are keeping your eye on? Is like from abroad and say this I'm interested in and see what happens this week. Yeah. Um. I mean, you said it. Pretty much, things are kind of locked up. I mean, it was kind of just been really no uh, close. Uh, Divisions, uh, division races, I guess you could say the the NL West with the Dodgers and the Giants. But I'm really I, I want to watch uh St. Louis, what they're doing right now. I believe they won 16 in a row yesterday. Yep, yep. devil magic. Uh, uh I just want to keep seeing how long they can go. And uh, I mean I know I picked them to to pick the cent to, to win the central. And you know, just to see them go, just kind of what they were capable of doing, you know, when you bring in these guys that they have, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much an all-star stu- star-studded lineup. So to see them finally produce at this key time right now is going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Okay, I have two things I'm watching. One is selfish for me because I'm in the over/under situation. I need the Royals to win three games. I hit that over. That's otherwise be, I have a chance of losing the over/under. So this could at least force a draw, which I'm rooting for that. But on a act, big picture, I think the NL West race is it. I think you look at the NL West race. I mean, the Giants have 102 wins. The Dodgers have 100. Wherever we lose that is going in the one game playoff against the Cardinals. And I know the dot, whichever team that gets in there is better, but I kind of want the Dodgers to be in there. Cause I want to see them have to deal with the one game, like do or die game, face the Cardinals and see if they can overcome this. Because I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, it would. Cause the Dodgers, you know, coming off the world series one last year. And even before that, they've always, they've, they've dominated that division for what? Seven three, years, seven years. Yeah. I mean, so to see them, you know, especially with, a lineup like that, you know, coming off of a World Series victory, and then you keep adding all these new pieces to be into the one game wild card is uh, is crazy, especially you know playing 
the hottest team in baseball right now in the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm trying to look up right now who the Dodger rotation is, see where everybody lines up in this, because obviously they have a playoff berth wrapped up already. I just want to see like who they could potentially be throwing in that walk game, because you would think like Scherzer or Bueller probably be your top two candidates right now, depending on where they line up in the rotation this week. Yeah. I think they'll definitely if 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 they're able to, it's just gonna be Scherzer throwing that game. Yeah, because it looks like right now Scherzer pitches on Wednesday this week, so he would be in full rest a week out. Bueller pitches on Sunday of, against Milwaukee. But they have they know they're in the wild card game. I think they would just scratch him to save him for that wild card game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they'll do, but but uh, we'll have to see. That is another great storyline as well. Yeah, and for and I'll wrap this up here. I got it. You got to go back a little bit. Let's go to the preseason. I have the predictions written down from. Yours truly, Will Schneiderhand, and myself when we did this back in March. And I think this is there have been some hits and some misses here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy, crazy uh, season. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. To go, I'll go back to your division wise, Will took the Blue Jays to win the American League East. You and I took the Yankees. One of them is getting the playoffs, one of them is not. I think that's the way we can look at it right now. Yeah, pretty much. And we just <laughs> and we clearly diss Tampa too much. We we have to stop disrespecting the race. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I should learn this lesson by now since being a Yankee fan my entire life is you never count the Rays out, especially, you know, in the past 10 or so years. But I don't know. I, I just, you know, I know we definitely talked about it in that and that when we made these picks that, you know, we thought the Rays just lost too much. Yeah. But apparently they didn't. They just they just rebuild. Yeah, okay, that's the AL East. AL Central, three for three on the Chicago White Sox. So good job, that us. Was, yeah, I mean that was kind of a pretty much a. I don't want to say a wash fully, but it was. It that was, was probably, pretty much probably one of the easiest ones on the board. Yeah. The AL West, we did not nail that one. No, we <laughs> not one, not two, but three picks of the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, I get the have Mike Trout since May, but like, even if he's healthy, I don't think that team's going anywhere. No, it's just there were so many, you know, factors heading into those picks too, and I'm pretty sure we we definitely all three of us talked about them yeah. and alluded to them. But it would have been such a nice thing to see, you know, to see them win that division. And who would have thought that the Astros would be what they are, given yeah. everything, losing, you know, everybody. Yeah, Springer, um, they, all that stuff. Yeah, lost Springer. No Verlander this year. To speak of like they, mm-hmm. they've been dom, they've just been dominant. So good, good job on them. AL wild cards. Will had the Yankees and the Twins. You had Toronto and the Twins. I had t- Toronto and the Twins. The Twins really let us all down. Yeah, that's kind of uh, surprising. You know, I thought the Twins were definitely going to be, definitely going to be in a wild card, make a wild card position this year. You know building off of last year and even the year before that they've always been a solid you know team that's just looking for the next piece or two just to get over the hump and then you know to get even further and deeper into the playoffs and this year just injuries just things just got riddled and they just didn't perform the weather they're they were supposed to yeah in terms of the net nl we had the same five playoff teams all of us so to recap here the East will have the Braves winning, which is correct. We had the Mets, which did not work out well for us, apart from the three months they actually helped first. 
Yeah, that's uh, it, it's funny. Um, I kept bragging on my girlfriend because she's a Mets fan. I'm like, ah, oh, there's that fabled Mets collapse right around June. Yeah, yeah, except it came in August. Yeah, they made it to August this yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, they were a disaster. We all had the Cardinals winning the Central. They the Devil Magic got on the wild card, so we got at least saved a little face there. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, because to speak back on my point, I was saying before, it's just. With that, not even seeing them play it, just looking at that lineup, what they have, it's kind of hard not to pick them. Yeah. And then I know we've definitely touched base on it all throughout the season, saying how are they performing like this? Yeah. And probably won't make the playoffs, but now they will make the playoffs. Yeah, and they're the hottest team in the league. Oh, without a doubt. And the crazy thing is, like two weeks ago, like two weeks from recording, they came to New York. They were seventy-three and sixty-nine. They were three up on the Mets. Since the Mets have gone one eleven, the Cardinals have not lost the game. Well, I mean, if you want to get hot, just play the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they haven't lost since. If it works, it works, right? Yeah, NOS. We all have the Dodgers. That could still happen. Yeah, it definitely could happen. Uh, I mean, not one of us saw the Giants. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw the Giants doing this. No. I mean, looking back at March when we first made these picks, it was the clear favor that the Dodgers were going were gonna to win. Yeah. But and now, of course, as the season's playing out, you know, they're still going to be – they're still a playoff team. It's just whether they win the division or not. Yeah. And we all have the Padres making the playoffs. And obviously that collapse might have been – it's been – as nice guy must he's the Met collapse has, they've been just as brutal. Yeah, you know that that's probably my, my biggest disappointment the entire season is is the Padres. You know, because I remember for myself I was struggling. I, I really wanted to say that they could have been a World Series contender, if not World Series winner. They just they really just, I don't. It's a collapse, is what it is to say the yeah. least. Yeah. But you know that's that's my biggest storyline to where I think you know I'm most upset about because they were they were a fun watch, fun team to watch in the beginning. I mean, they're still going to be a fun team to watch, you know, next season. But yeah. it was, it was, it was very underwhelming. They ran out of pitching. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it is. Yeah, and they, and Jace Tangler is gone. I'm convinced of that too. They're not going to waste all that talent. No, I mean, they're going to be around for the next uh, at least three years. Yeah. So you know, next year, you know, they get they add what they need. You know, add you build up that rotation, build up that bullpen a little bit, you know, because they have the offense. I mean, they yeah. have one of the best, if not the best, young player in Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. And you know, I just wish, you know, for this year, you know, because baseball always gets amplified in the playoffs. They would have been such a fun young team to watch in the playoffs who who could have honestly could have done could have could have gone the distance you know yeah all right also go visit the M mvp conversations here we all took mike trout in the american league if he doesn't get hurt may 17th it might be a conversation but it's good it's gonna be otani or guerrero no matter which way the voters feel yeah i mean they're gonna say otani i think just because the, the sheer fact that he's a two-way player yeah um i i would think if otani was just an outfielder or a dh I think it's I think it's Vlad Jr. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not quite fully sold on the Otani train. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he is an amazing player to watch, but I think it's just a matter of time before, you know, he can keep doing this. And yeah. we're already seeing that, you know, he's 
he's starting to slip just a little bit. So let's see, you know, into the heading into the offseason, he can make, you know, those adjustments, stop laying off pitches low and away like yeah. he's been doing. And, you know, like I said, he's not he's a phenomenal player. It's not I'm not diminishing his talent or his ability at all. It's just, you know, I, I think in a sense he's a he's a tad overhyped just then that's just simply for the fact that he's a two way player. Yeah. Yeah. Al MVP, you're probably the closest of the three of us here. Will at Ronald Acuna, obviously he got hurt, brutal injury, missed part of next year too. I was the dope who said Francisco Lindor with the MVP. That worked out brilliantly for me. <laughs> you have Fernando Tatis, who I say about 50 50 of Bryce Harper win that award. Yeah, I mean, Bryce, is, Bryce has had a pretty, pretty under the radar type year, you know, because yeah. I think it's just because more so the Philly is really. Other than that, that push they had, I want to say it was what early September, yeah, late August, yeah, when they were really starting to take a one. The Met, uh, you know, Mets finally lost that lead in the division. The Phillies yeah. overtook them. Yeah, it was early August. Yeah, okay, early August. Um, so yeah, when you know they were making the Phillies were making that push and everything, and it was really the only time you really heard about them, and even Bryce Harper, because if you're not really paying attention to baseball or the Phillies in general, you really wouldn't know that Bryce is having a phenomenal year. Yeah. So as you can see how that race flies out. AL Cy Young, Will took Lucas Giolito. You and I took Garrett Hole. We have about a, I think about a 50-50 chance of getting that. I think it's going to down to him or Robbie Ray. Yeah. I, I, you can't go wrong with either or, in all honesty. I mean, as a Yankee fan, I'm going to obviously say, I'm going to try not to be the Yankee homer and say, oh, give it to Garrett Cole, but you really can't go wrong either way. Yeah, I'm just worried for my pick there. I think the stink bomb against the Indians like two like a week ago might might have hurt him really badly. Yeah. Yeah. And El Cy Young, we were united as Jacob the Ground. We would have been right if he actually pitched the rest of the way, but him getting hurt ruined that. Yeah, that's, that's literally what it was. And yeah. the fact that his numbers would still hold right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He still was yeah. even if he if he didn't get hurt, just looking at his numbers now, you could still possibly make a case that, you know, if he played a majority of the season or, you know, like at least half, you could make a case that he could win Cy Young just because he's he was his numbers were that phenomenal. Yeah. So but it's, it's a, it was a sad thing. You know, I, I definitely wanted to see if he could finish the year with a sub two ERA yeah, and everything like that. But, you know, hopefully, you know, he comes back next year. He, you know, he's able to to play a full season, you know, and I really wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he's healthy. I mean, it's always a, if he's healthy, but he's got, is it, is it definitely shoulder or is it now elbow? It was, it, been it, was it was elbow. They're trying to get him back to pitch in the last weekend this year for some dumb reason, but. I want. I just want him to be healthy next year. That's all I care about. I don't yeah, care about him pitching against the Braves this weekend. I don't think there's. I, I wouldn't yep. throw him at all the rest of yeah. the season. I mean, if I, I, you could make a case if they were fighting for a playoff spot, but they're done. Yes, but they're done. Yeah. All right, and the last thing: World Series picks. You and and you and Will both had Dodgers over White Sox. That's still in play. Yeah. Um... <sighs> I don't know if I want to change it, but I'm really curious to see if the Dodgers get into this one game playoff. Yeah. Yeah. I bought, I bought the Mets type because the Mets over the White Sox. Obviously that's not happening, but you know, that yeah. that's what how you do. I had two, I had two years where I got it right. and had the winner right both times. So this, <laughs> the run had to end sometime. Yeah. Hey, you know, you can, uh, you gotta, every, all good things must come to the end, to an end as cliche as that is, but it, it's, <laughs> it's the way it is. Absolutely, Anthony. Thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I'm people follow social media. You know some of the stuff you're up to. 
Yeah, um, you can follow me on on Instagram uh, at Sorbellini Photos, and yeah, um, continuing freelancing. Just finished my contract with uh, the Yankees High A affiliate, the Renegades. Um, quick little shout out to them. It was a great first season, you know, and made a lot of great images. Got to see a lot of amazing prospects. Um, the now number one Yankees prospect, uh, Anthony Volpe. Um, great, phenomenal, amazing player. Just a great guy all around too. And yeah, uh, just still shooting Iona. I I go down there on Wednesday, and then I'm also uh, shooting for my alma mater at SUNY New Paltz. All right, check all that out. Anthony, thanks all the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The Two Minute Drill. All right, Two Minute Drill time. We talk at the top of the show about the NBA vaccine situation, and things are going to get interesting here coming up with the NBA because you have a lot of issues with the potential the Nets and the Warriors because as you are not, people in the New York area are well aware, this is also the case in San Francisco as well, that if you want to go into an entertainment venue in the city, whether it is a movie theater, a restaurant, Madison Square Garden, you need to have at least one shot of the vaccine if you are over 12 years old. Simple as that. And... The NBA is not accepted to these rules. There are a few issues here with teams regards to the COVID vaccine. Those teams in the markets, they're affected by those requirements. The Knicks, the Nets, and the Golden State Warriors. The Knicks are all good. Leon Rose came out said they are 100% vaccinated and confirmed by him this week at the media day. They are good to go. The Warriors have one major issue, Andrew Wiggins, who tried to get Rose's exemption for the vaccine. He was denied by the league, so... Right now, he cannot play in Warrior home games as long as he's not vaccinated. Brooklyn has an interesting one, too, to watch because Fox Sports reported last week that Kyrie Irving still hasn't received a shot of vaccine yet. That was basically confirmed today when Kyrie Irving did not attend Nets Media Day due to the health and safety protocols of the city. The Nets are claiming it's not going to be an issue. Claiming the ship's good to go by the start of the year. Kevin Durant basically said, I'm not worried about Kyrie. It's a hurdle decision, but we'll be fine. And with him, you have to look at this and say, what's going on here? Why are we not doing this? And you know, Kyrie's out there. There's a big article on Rolling Stone over the weekend talking about how he is one of the big anti-vaxxers in the league and talking about how he believes the vaccine is, you know, like designed to get people into a master computer of some kind and keep track of people and all sorts of wacky things. And you're sitting there reading some of this stuff, and you just want to go, What the hell's going on out here? You just wonder, like, with all the information that's out there, and Kyrie is basically following conspiracy theorists and liking their posts on Instagram, that's not great. I know the NBA has some issues with it where they basically are kowtowing some of the anti-vax players who make issues with their teams. I mean... Is it annoying if you are a member of the Clippers or somebody's not vaccinated? Sure, but right now it's not a competitive disadvantage for that purpose of not being able to actually play in games. They could screw themselves by, you know, getting exposed, being forced to quarantine. That could happen. But for the Nets right now, who are one of the Eastern Conference players, probably the favorite to win the title. That's something you got to watch here. They believe that they're going to be good to go at the start of the year. It makes you wonder if Kyrie is planning on getting the shot 
we don't know that yet. Kevin Durant basically said it's up to Kyrie. It's his personal decision, which is his right, but he has to understand the consequences of not getting it. He's not going to play potentially half the Nets games and could cost himself millions and millions and millions of dollars by forfeiting salary for not playing these games. Makes you wonder if he's banking on the religious exemption to get out of this requirement. If it is option number three that he's hoping for, Andrew Wiggins' situation applies here because the league said, no, 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 you have to get the shot. If he's banking on religion, I don't know if he's getting it. This could have massive ramifications on the East if Irving can't play in half the games at least, maybe more, depending on if the guard rules apply because according to the ordinances of those two cities, it's visiting performers are exempt. So if the Lakers come into town and somebody on the team is not vaccinated, they don't have to quarantine because they are a visiting performer. Kyrie lives in this town, so you would think, in theory, he's a local resident, and he would be forced to sit out both all the net home games and any games the Nets played at MSJ this year. Again, we don't know how long this requirement will be in place, but this could be a big problem because now he's not playing 41 games. It affects how you manage your low maintenance on Kevin Durant or James Harden who's coming off a hamstring injury crossing the end of the playoffs. No Irving takes a big weapon on the line for all the home games. Reduces the chances there, and that could be there in playoffs even between going on the road in a big game seven or hosting it. This is something to watch, and as long as these policies exist, and again, we don't know how long this could be. We hope that the case numbers go down. Maybe this isn't necessary anymore, but for now, this is something to watch here. This could be an issue. I want to thank Andy Sorley for hopping on the podcast, doing some baseball talks to get ready for the final week of the season. Could be a good stretch run for the Yankees, and Yankee fans, you have not had the real experience of having to live or die in the last week of the season. That's going to be a fun experience for you guys. Stressful, but fun. We want more stuff like this podcast, including my review of the Ken Burns four-part documentary about Muhammad Ali last week. I checked out all eight hours of it. It was very interesting. Check out the blog over justsendthesuffering.wordpress.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering Your Favorite Podcast platform and follow episodes there. Feel free to leave your feedback and star ratings well. They help make the podcast even better going forward. You'll check out the YouTube page. Mike Phillips on YouTube. My chat with Anthony will be up on the YouTube page shortly, so check that out as well. So follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And that will do for the first half of the week. Coming up later this week, we do our week four NFL picks with John Stanko. Sky Guys will be back to do season two of Rebels and more. So I hope you have a better week than Padres fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.